don't see Christians standing up and going out to march on behalf of the Jewish people, the people who really gave us our faith. And so the We Resolve campaign is, is really an effort to change that. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and I have a guest today who is working for a very important cause, peace in the Middle East. Now, many of you may read our Standing with Israel content online, so I think you would want to know about an effort called the Philos Project. That's where Robert Nicholson is founder and executive director. So, Robert, we welcome you to Charisma Connection. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. It's our pleasure. And I can see that you are very well studied. You have an exceptional background for your work. And uh, let me just go through some of that for our listeners. You hold a BA in Hebrew studies from Binghamton University. You have a JD and an MA in Middle Eastern history from Syracuse University. And I understand you're calling us from Syracuse today. And you are a former US Marine, so thank you for your service. And we Thank you. and and you also are a Tikva fellow. I I hope that you would explain to us what that is. But I want to say that you founded the Philos Project in 2014, and that is the topic uh, that we have today. So let's start with what a Tikva fellow is. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Tikva. Yes, yes, you are actually. Uh, Tikva is an organization based in New York City. It is something between a Jewish foundation and think tank, and they are dedicated to um, developing Jewish conservative thought, essentially. I came to Tikva sort of in a strange way. I'm not Jewish. I'm Christian. And shortly after I became a Christian in my early 20s, I started studying Hebrew at a local synagogue and slowly found myself deeper and deeper in this space called Jewish Christian relations, even though I didn't know it had a title at that point, and applied to the Tikva Fund. And lo and behold, they accepted me, a non-Jew, to study with uh, Jews, religious and secular, about some of the things that connect us, uh, Jews and Christians, together. Mm-hmm. So that clearly presented the foundation for the Philos Project. Could you take us back to the beginning there and tell us what what is Philos and how did it come about? Well, the, the technical answer is that Philos is a 501c3 nonprofit based in New York City. Uh, we founded it in 2014, so we're about five years old. But the deeper answer is that the Philos Project is, is really my effort to, you could say, impose my own spiritual journey on other people. Um, I grew up sort of in a Christian home. My mother was, was very Christian, but when I was about 12 or 13, just disavowed all of that. And it wasn't until my early 20s, after high school and the Marine Corps, you know, working, working jobs after I got out uh, of the military that I started to really feel that there was something missing in my life. Um, not an unusual story, but picked up a copy of the Bible, started reading it, suddenly realized that, wow, this is much bigger and more important than I ever thought. And the big, the big turning point for me was when I realized that Christianity, uh, which 
I had kind of always thought about as a, you know, an American or, or European religion was, was actually a Middle Eastern religion. And this was around the time when, uh, this was shortly after 9-11, uh, the United States was preparing to invade Iraq. And even as I was digging through the spiritual implications of uh, Christianity being a Middle Eastern religion, I also started to think about the, call them the political implications. If, if it was true that, that my faith, this faith that I was becoming ever more connected to was, was from this part of the world. And, you know, I'm watching all of these things happening on the news. What were the implications for my, for my engagement with the people who live there? And so that really started a journey for me that, of course, uh, connected me with the Jewish people who were really the founders of Christianity, or at least some, some, num- some small group of Jews. And it also connected me to the Christian communities that still live in the Middle East today, communities that I had really never heard about before, the Copts, the Assyrians, the Maronites, who were these people, and what was my connection to them? And that was really the genesis for me. And at Philos, we, our mission is to promote positive Christian engagement with the Middle East. And really what that means is we try to educate Christians who live in the United States or in North America about the Middle East, about their spiritual connection to this part of the world, and also uh, help them figure out what they can do to engage uh, with the people who live there today. Well, that's quite a journey. Um, So you're focused on positive Christian engagement, and that seems to signify that there is negative Christian engagement, doesn't it? It does, and actually that was really one of the, the founding goals was to show that there is, in fact, a positive way to engage the region. You know, we, uh, for, for all kinds of obvious reasons, associate the Middle East with danger and death and destruction and, and radicalism and all of these terrible things. And it's, it's true that the Middle East is uh, ever increasingly a dangerous place, and we need to make sure that we are protecting ourselves from the dangers that, that originate there. But there's also there's also other things that are happening. We have we have friends in the region, and actually the word philos in Greek means friend. And mm-hmm. what we're trying to do is to show that uh, friendship, based on Judeo-Christian values, is uh, really a great frame for how we living in the West can connect with with this part of the world. And so, you know, through trips, through all kinds of educational programs and, and leadership opportunities. We're building that bridge. We're connecting Christians who live in the West with Christians and Jews and other people who share our values who are living in the Middle East. And, and that, that kind of engagement, that, that positive engagement, actually opens up all kinds of opportunities that, that I think people haven't really thought enough about before. Well, the Middle East is a volatile place. How do you work with people of other faiths there? So... What, what's called interfaith uh, engagement is, is a tricky thing, especially as a Christian who is very much committed to the truth of, of my own faith. One of the mistakes I think people make in relating to Muslims or Jews or, or other groups is that they, is they, as they water down the things that they believe in hopes of finding some kind of consensus with with people from these other religions. And I actually think, and we think at the Philos Project, that that's actually, it, it's actually backward. It's, it's precisely the things um, 
that we hold to be true that make us unique and that allow us to engage with other people who, who, who are no less committed to, to the things that they believe to be true. So when we are working with Jews, working with, with Muslims, we're very upfront about the fact that we're Christians. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, is the Savior of the world. Uh, we believe in all of the things that come with Orthodox Christianity. But having said that, as people of faith, we understand that, that you, Jewish person, Muslim person, also are deeply committed to your own faith. And we may not share the things that you share, but we respect the fact that you that you cling to a higher truth. And it's, it's actually an interesting situation to be in, where despite all of the many differences we have with Jews and, and with Muslims, in an era of rampant secularism, secular materialism, uh, there are these moments where you're sitting across from uh, somebody from another faith, and you actually say, wow, you know, we disagree on all kinds of theology, but we actually find ourselves kind of in the same boat these days. You know, as the, the atheistic worldview uh, makes so many gains around the world, it is important for people of faith, uh, of all faiths, um, even as we hold our, our deeply held truths, to, to say, look, you know, we should work together uh, on behalf of, of religious freedom. Now, you also have something called the We Resolve campaign with a hashtag. So could you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, We Resolve is an advocacy campaign that we just launched at the Feedless Project a few months ago uh, in an effort to rally Christians to stand beside the Jewish people in a, in a, in a moment when anti-Semitism is back. Anti-Semitism is on the rise all over the world. And we know that anti-Semitism is a huge problem in the Middle East, huge, huge problem. Uh, we also know that it's become a big problem in Europe. You know, 70 years after the Holocaust, we're seeing the ideas that, that Hitler was advancing coming back, just, the, just at a moment when we thought those ideas were defeated. They're coming back. They're coming back in a big way. There's huge, a huge problem with anti-Semitism in Europe. European Jews report on surveys that many, if not most of them, feel afraid uh, from their fellow Europeans. They feel anti-Semitism rising around them. And it's not just in one or two countries. This is, this is across the continent. But something that few people have, have really uh, been talking about is the return of anti-Semitism right here in the United States. And, you know, people may know or may not know, but up until not that long ago, 50, 60 years ago, there were parts of this country where you could not be Jewish and participate. There were clubs and community associations and all kinds of things that you couldn't do, universities that you couldn't go to. Uh, just because you were Jewish. And this isn't a country that was founded on Judeo-Christian biblical principles. It's really, it's a blight on our record. Thankfully, we've overcome that. But even in the last three, four, five years, uh, things are changing. Things are sliding back the other way. And there's, there's all kinds of reasons for this. But whatever the reasons are, this is a major problem. The fact that anti-Semitism, anti-Jewish hostility could be taking root again in a country founded on Judeo-Christian principles is, is more than a tragedy. It's an outrage. And even though we see Christians um, standing up and, and going out to march on behalf of all kinds of important issues, 
related to life and marriage and, and immigration, I don't see Christians standing up and going out to march on behalf of the Jewish people, the people who really gave us our faith. And so the We Resolve campaign is is really an effort to change that. It's it's built around a a pledge, a petition, uh, really just a short statement of why we believe that anti-Semitism is a problem and why Christians have the duty to confront it. And uh, it also includes a number of other things, videos and other other resources that people can download, uh, can share, can bring to their pastor, and ask that ask their church, ask their community to get involved and really to do something about this problem. You know, a lot of the efforts to uh, to fight anti-Semitism are just that. It's about it's about fighting, combating, confronting. It's it's framed in a very negative way, but. Really what we need here is, is the same thing we need in the Middle East, and that's positive engagement. Right now, the, we don't need to necessarily go out and fight anti-Semitism. We need to demonstrate friendship uh, with the people who are the victims of anti-Semitism. We need to stand up. We need to reach out. We need to befriend Jewish communities that are living all around us and are feeling the heat. You know, we're, we're a, This is only about a year after the horrific shooting in the synagogue in Pittsburgh. And don't think the Jewish people aren't worried. You know, this is, after Israel, the biggest Jewish community in the world. And people in the Jewish community are starting to look at one another and say, do we have a future here? Will the United States go the way of Europe? Do we have to escape? Do we have to go to Israel to really live a safe and secure Jewish life? And that's, that's a scary thing. Yes, and we also recently had a synagogue shooting in California as well, so anti-Semitism is definitely on the rise here. So speaking of the Jewish people, let's go back to the Middle East, and I'll ask you, what are your views on the nation of Israel and its legitimacy and its future? So it's, it's an important question, and it's one that we deal with all the time at the Philos Project. We focus on the whole Middle East, but uh, you cannot help as an American, as a Christian, to start that engagement with the state of Israel. And I get all kinds of people, Christians and non-Christians, asking me, why do you talk so much about Israel? Why do you bring groups to visit Israel, to see uh, the places and meet the people? Why is Israel so important to you? And I think that, uh, first of all, the, the state of Israel is for people who love it or people who hate it, it's it's the it's the entry point for the for the whole conversation about the Middle East. Everybody wants to know what do we do about Israel and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. But as a Christian, there's this there's this extra layer, and uh, it has to do with the connection between Judaism and Christianity that we already talked about. I cannot help but look at the Middle East and see the state of Israel, the world's only Jewish state, as something something special, something unique. Uh, that I, as a Christian, should be paying attention to. Now, people tell me that they think the state of Israel is illegitimate, that the Jewish people shouldn't have a state, that the Judaism is a religion, it's not, it's not a nation, it, the Jews don't qualify for nationhood in the same way that some other peoples do. And I very much uh, disagree with that. The Jewish people are a people. They have retained... Uh, peoplehood from the earliest days of recorded history until now. You could actually argue that the Jewish people are the oldest nation or one of the oldest nations in existence today. They have a language, they have a history, they have a collective memory, they have a homeland. They they fit all the criteria 
or being a nation. And I believe that every nation has the moral right uh, to live safely and securely in its own homeland. And I think that people who are trying to, uh, you know, attack Israel on all kinds of grounds, moral grounds, legal grounds, have, whether they know it or not, a much more a much more sinister motivation. And some people like to think that there's no link between anti-Semitism and this anti-Israel uh, animus, this this anti-Zionism. And I and I disagree with that as well. I think there's very much a link between anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. I think that uh, all of the outrage that that Christians, Muslims, and others have have uh, directed at the Jewish people throughout history is now being directed at at the Jewish state. And people are very indirect sometimes in the way that they come at Israel and the way that they criticize Israel. But you see a common thread between those arguments and the historic arguments of anti-Semitism. I think the Jewish people deserve to be in their homeland. I think they deserve a state. I think it's the only place in the world where they can feel safe uh, being Jewish, especially at a moment of increasing anti-Semitism. And I think that we, uh, whether we're Christians or not, whether we have any theological attachment to uh, to this land and this people or not, we need to stand up for, for that moral right, for the right of the Jewish people to live in their homeland and to do so safely and securely. I think that it's one of the most moral causes in the world today, uh, exactly the opposite of what people are telling us. Well, of course, in the Middle East, we have a big conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Uh, what is your approach to peace amidst that conflict? So I always tell people that I am a Zionist, and sometimes that makes their eyebrows go up, uh, depending on who they are. And to, to them, that sounds very provocative and controversial, but Zionism, at least the way that I define it, just means Jewish nationalism. And even though I'm not Jewish, I support Jewish nationalism for the reasons uh, that I just mentioned. I think the Jewish people deserve to live uh, in their homeland as, as a nation. But at the same time, I'm also a Palestinian nationalist or a supporter of it. Now, I'm not Palestinian. The majority of Palestinians are Muslims. I have no historic or cultural connection to Islam. But when I look at the land, I see that there are two peoples living in it. And I think both Jews and Arabs, Israelis and Palestinians, do have a historic moral right to live in that land uh, together. Now, it's a small land, and it's not so easy to just split it down the middle, unfortunately. It's been tried, and it hasn't, hasn't worked all that well. But I think, I think we need to keep trying, and I think the majority of Israelis and the majority of Palestinians uh, when asked, do you support uh, two peoples living in this land uh, in two states side by side? I think that, that most of them uh, say yes. Now, there, it fluctuates. And, and these days, people are becoming uh, a little more pessimistic as, as peace continues to remain elusive. But the fact of the matter is, Jews aren't going anywhere the Arabs aren't going anywhere. We have to find a solution. Now, one of the, th one of the things I always tell people is that uh, we don't need to be looking for the solution, uh, meaning we don't need to be looking for this utopian uh, situation where 
we turn a corner and, and Israelis and Palestinians, Jews and Arabs, throw their arms around each other and say, oh, we're, we're brothers at last. I'm so glad that I can be your neighbor. Uh, whatever, we, whatever we get is probably going to be much less satisfying than that, unfortunately. Uh, whatever the, the solution will be, whatever the, the agreement will be between these two peoples is probably going to be less than satisfying. Everybody's going to be a little unhappy with with how it all turns out, but that doesn't mean that we still shouldn't try it. Now, I have a lot of Christians telling me, look, Jews have a right to this whole land based on Scripture, and I don't disagree with that. I, I am a believer enough to believe what the Bible says, and I do believe that um, somewhere in heaven, <laughs> I'm speaking uh, metaphorically here, there, there probably is a deed, let's say, where God has has deeded over this land to the Jewish people. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the Jewish people need to have all of it, especially if, if the Jewish people decides to uh, cede part of that to the Palestinian people in the name of peace. And, and the story that always comes to mind is the story of Abraham and his nephew Lot. You have this great story in Genesis. Um, just a few chapters after, God promises this land to Abraham, where Abraham's uh, shepherds and Lot's shepherds are arguing in the fields, and Abraham, in the name of in the name of peace, in the name of goodwill, says to Lot, "Let's let's let's cut this down the middle. We don't need to both have all of it." And Abraham knows that he's been given all of it, but still says, "You you pick whatever part of this land uh, suits you, and I'll take what's left." I feel like if Abraham can do that, the Jewish people uh, living today in 2019 have, have every right to do that too. So I support two states uh, for these two peoples living side by side in peace or something close to peace. Again, it'll be probably imperfect, but I think that I think there is a way for the two uh, nations to live there side by side. All right. Well, if people are inclined to agree with you on the, um, I guess you would call it the two-state solution, and on your approach to peace in the Middle East, what should they do um, in light of all this? So a couple of things. The first thing I would say is, is that they should go to our website, philosproject.org, and look at this campaign, this We Resolve campaign, because our link with the Jewish people is really where this, this whole thing starts. I would encourage them to, to go to the website, to sign this petition, and then, and this requires a little bit of work, but, but I promise you it's worth it, to actually print out that statement and bring it, physically bring it, uh, or email it if they're less inclined to, uh, to drive or to walk, Bring it to a local synagogue. Bring it to a local community center. Take the time to go online and find a, a center of Jewish life near you. And I promise you there is one, whether it's at the local, in the local Jewish community or the local university, there is something Jewish near you. Take that, uh, take that letter, take that pledge, print it out, and bring it over to the head of that organization hand it to them and say, I just want to let you know that I, as a Christian, I stand with you. I stand with the Jewish people. I know what's happening in this country and around the world, and, and I'm outraged by it, and I'm on your side. I promise you that that person, whoever you give that to, will have never had that experience in their whole life. The Jewish people are very much used to being the enemy of everyone and to, to, to be uh, accepted as a friend 
will be shocking in the most pleasant way possible. So I would say that that's the very first thing uh, that people should do. Uh, there's also on the, on that same website, there's this resource packet you could download. Download that and bring it to your pastor or to your, your youth pastor, who, whoever is the right person in your church, and ask them, say, look, you know, I can do this as an individual. It will be much more powerful coming from our church. Uh, and also, of course, share it on social media. You'll find when you go to the Philos Project website, there's all kinds of extra steps uh, for you to be involved in. We have uh, trips for Christian college students to visit Israel on nine-day trips for only $500 through our sister organization, Passages Israel. If you go on our website, you'll see that. You'll find that we've sent 6,000 Christian college students at this point on really what are almost free trips to the Holy Land. Um, and every every person who's gone on that trip has been transformed uh, in some way. Um, and I, I would urge if people who are listening, if they are Christian college students, could be graduate level or undergraduate, and they want to visit the Holy Land, uh, check that program out. It's passagesisrael.org. You can also get there uh, through the Philos Project website. Uh, for people who are thinking about uh, making this more than just a spiritual interest or, or a hobby, people who are thinking, you know, I would like to get involved in this work full-time, whether it's in ministry or in journalism or in politics or in humanitarian uh, relief, uh, there's another program I would urge them to check out called the Philos Leadership Institute. This is a two-week program that's a little bit more advanced than the Passages program, but takes people really deep into the issues. Uh, Israel, the Palestinian territories, we also go to Jordan. You meet the you meet the people on the ground. You meet political leaders, religious leaders, and you really get a sense for what's for what's happening over there. And the idea is that we equip you to go into this this field professionally. Lastly, I would say, Philos Project has chapters. We have we have local chapters all over the United States and in Latin America. Um, these are little Philos communities. These are communities of people who share. Christian faith and share a common passion for the Middle East and engagement with the Middle East. Uh, and they're little hubs of activity. They do campaigns, they do rallies, they bring in speakers, they do all kinds of things dedicated to the idea of positive Christian engagement with the Middle East. Join a chapter, or if there's not a chapter in your area, you can start one. You can apply also on our website, philosproject.org. There's tons and tons of opportunities for people to get involved that just have to make the decision to do so. Robert Nicholson, it's been a delight to speak with you today to learn about uh, your approach to this uh, very difficult subject. Thank you, Chris. Really, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this chat on the Philos Project and its work in the Middle East here on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. <laughs>